Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Here we go, Barflies. Welcome to the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's done by Barflies for Barflies and all the other Bears fans out there. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special off-season edition of the Barfly Tailgate Show today. And I'm going to kick it off with my man KB here. He's uh he's going to introduce somebody very near and dear to his heart. And uh, Barflies, I think y'all are really going to enjoy this episode. All right, man. You know what I'm saying? My boy KC over here throwing me over here, man. Put me on the spot. Not really, but you know, your boy was excited to do this. Uh, I wanted to introduce to y'all some of my, my, my little cousins, man. Defensive tackle for the Las Vegas Raiders. My man was picked number four. Oh, and I'll say number four. In the fourth round of the 2017 draft by the Bengals, straight out of Waco, Baylor Bear, defensive tackle, played with some of the some of the big boys, Sean Oakman, all these great boys that had Art Browns as a head coach. You know what I'm saying? My boy was doing big things out there in Waco, man. High school breaking Mark Henry. That is right. Mark Henry, the WWE superstar, powerlifting record. My, like I said, man, he's my little big cousin, man. Great, great family member, great husband, all around great person, man. I want to introduce y'all to my cousin Andrew Billings, man. Hey, hey, Andrew, how, y'all doing? how you hey, like Chris. that little introduction there from KB? I love it. I love it. I appreciate that. Hey, now, now he did. He did throw in there, and I don't, I don't know if I heard it or not, but I was, you know, I did a little Google search. You know, I googled you, my bro. Uh, you know, we met we met in Cleveland, if you remember. Um, but um, yeah. I Googled you. I saw you were a co-defensive player of the year in the Big 12 in oh, 2015 yeah. and defensive yes, lineman sir. of the year, I do believe, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, drafted in the fourth round to Cincinnati. So you were, you were real close to your boy AC down here in Kentucky. And you even scooped down yeah. here and got you a woman from Kentucky, man. That's I gave you a shout out for that one. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you, Kentucky. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, man, man. It's, uh, go ahead, KB. Uh, how's the day been going, man? How 
How's everything been going in the offseason, man? Uh, pretty good. Can't complain, man. Just uh, taking it slow, working out, taking care of my body, just getting right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I bet you're enjoying some some time off here in the offseason. Uh, as you can see, obviously, your your cousin KB linked us together. Um, I don't know if you call him Ryan or Little Dude. I don't know what you call him, but we call him KB around here. And uh, and my boy Jordan down here, he's a he's a big fan. He's a draft analyst for here at the barroom, so he kind of knows a, a couple things about you as well. So I invited him on. Um, man, I, I had you just, as a I had you as a top forty on my board back when in twenty sixteen. Just kind of put it out there. You were a dog. I that. Hey. He's a dude in the fourth, but like, hey man, yeah. it's like, being in Cincinnati with Gino, it's a situation oh, yeah. where whether you fall, you're just about to sit here and rise and. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a fan, uh, Andrew. It's just a situation with you and Cincinnati and then, of course, Cleveland. And then uh, spend a little bit of, you know, a cup of coffee with your practice squad teams. But I'm excited to even hear about you with the Raiders and Patrick Graham's defense today. What'd you yeah, say? So, so I wanted to, I'm sorry. He, he said he had you top 40 on his board, man, and, uh, and, and talked about your time in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. We saw you in Cleveland. Uh, you, you stopped in for a cup of coffee in Kansas City and Miami. I'm sure that was nice. And then uh, and, and you found a home in Las Vegas, man. We're, we're yeah. over the moon for you. Um, you signed a future reserves contract for Las Vegas this offseason, correct? Uh, last offseason, yeah. 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 So, so, so you're going back to Vegas this year? Is that the plan? Or, or I mean, I mean the, you know, we need D line help in here, here in Chicago. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, just I did what I did in, in Las Vegas and kind of got myself back in the back in the NFL and uh, had a good season. So I'm just going to see what's out there for me. And uh, yeah, every, everything goes right. I could be right back here in, uh, in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I was looking up Bears opponents for next year, and Las Vegas comes to Chicago. So uh, <laughs> maybe we have to meet up there again, go. you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, we, we, be in the, we be in the city that everybody uh, is a little bit more familiar with. Me, me and Cleveland got beef right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. So, I don't know if I'll go back to Cleveland for a game. That was rough. That dude, it was really just who? one dude, but, you know, one, one bad apple oh, yeah. a whole bunch. You sitting there looking at him like, bro, you bad face. I'm like, bro, my cousin plays for y'all. I'm rooting for you. What are you? <laughs> oh my god but let, let, let's get let's let's start there man so you 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 get with las vegas for the season man and you get around a bunch of dogs man you got max crosby on that line uh y'all still had chandler correct uh yep yep like, what's, what's what's his first name i was gonna say y'all, y'all still had chandler man and tell tell us what it's like to be around that many, that many stars, man. That many, those many pieces, and being a part of a locker room like that. Man, it's great just to see everybody's like. Everybody has worth that ethic, but they they go about it all differently, and it's it's just yeah. good to see the pieces you like from different people, and just seeing what the things you could use because you know Chandler he's been around the league for a long time. Max is at the highest level in his position, so so they both have different pieces that I really liked and, and used myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Who's your uh, defensive line coach there in Las Vegas? Uh, right, right. Well, we have um, 
Frank, Frank Ogum, Ogum, right? Frank, yep. He was at Baylor, too. Oh, okay. Look at that. Oh, little, see, there you go. Little Waco link up. Okay, I see you. Uh, so what I wanted to ask, uh, with, with the draft coming up, I know you shot up draft boards with your combine workout. Is there any, I don't know, anything that, that you – was the combine everything you expected going into it? Like, were you prepared or was anything you was nervous about? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just curious. Uh, the combine was what it was. I prepared for it. I had like interviews at, at like 12 o'clock in the morning. So like, it was just, Ooh. yeah, yeah. you just, you're just up all day. It's just, uh, it's just such a busy schedule. Like you don't, you don't ever get to soak it in. It's like, okay, I'm going to run a 40. All right, now go to bench. All right, got an interview. Okay, come back to this interview. All right, and like it's just—it was just a long schedule, man. It was just a—it just—it flew by like that. Like you—you you couldn't even take it in. Like it was just there and yeah. gone. Like, yeah, that's the combine. You know, being in Kentucky, it's pretty close to me. It's always a an event I would love to take in, um, and and see live. You know. Uh, some people call yeah. it the underwear Olympics, but uh, us draft nerds, man, we eat it up, right, Jordan? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Andrew, if I could ask a question, I'd just love to know because I know when you came into the draft, I mean, like I said, I had you as a top 40 player, and everybody kind of had you pegged as a one tech, a zero, and nose. And don't get me wrong, I know you got the weight on you, but I always thought that you were a little more explosive. So I figured, you know, there were some concerns of, oh, look, what's what about the Heidi 6'1? And I'm thinking, why are we not considering this guy to play the three tech? Let him backdoor yeah. those guards with that. I mean, again, you have that leverage. I get it. We all want to be 6'4, six, 6'5, six, but at 6'1, let you jackknife those pads of a guard, shuck them away, and you're playing three techs. So I just never understood why we didn't see you more in that three tech role. And I know you probably have experience in, you know, playing with Geno Atkins and kind of seeing the way of he was playing at, you know, kind of a diminished size or a little smaller of a D tackle yeah. and being used in that way. So what are your thoughts on kind of being pigeonholed and saying, hey, this guy's a one tech, but I imagine you're like, hey, let me play some three, two. Let me make some of that word sap type money. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's interesting because like at the Bengals, you weren't really touching the three tech three tech spot. Gino had that locked down, uh, but like this year, like I remember one game they just left me on the right side versus Pittsburgh, and then I got to play three tech all game almost. So uh, <laughs> you know, I I got a chance this this year a lot more this year than any other year really in my whole career to play it, and um, it's a great position. And you're right, it's uh it's if you blow up the guard, I mean, there's nothing else that can happen, but the ball can cut back. I mean, you can cut off every play there. It's uh, a lot less double teams and <laughs> a little easier in the pass rush as well. But, you know, I, I just got to keep going and do it. Everything I did this year was to show people, you know, okay, I can actually do more than just, just be a zero or a one. Like I, I can go, I can scoot around that, that offensive line. Just don't put me in and I'll be all right. Well, I think, you know, there's you a me you ain't trying to get that air rush money. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I ain't got the edge edge rush capabilities, man. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, oh, we have man. a vacancy at the three tech in Chicago, ain't that right, KBAC? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he knows, he knows. We we badger him a little bit, you know. what I'm saying I don't want to poke too much, but he he knows. Well, we we, we uh, uh, Vegas, we had uh, Bilal Nichols from y'all. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Bilal, I was, yeah, I, was I forgot he played for y'all. Yeah, yeah, I played with him. He was gonna say right so next to me. I was gonna say this. So, did he did he ever bring up any other days of being in Chicago or bring any any kind of other tools, any tricks, anything he taught you? Uh, 
I mean, he, we we talked about our old days, as you know, everybody does that. You've been in the league long enough, you, you just uh, reminisce about the old days. But uh, we we just we kind of we just played well together, man. Like we really did. It was a uh, it was interesting, man. Like like I said, you blow he blow up the guard, ball comes back to me, you know, and that's just mm-hmm. what it was. That's how we played. Like if I if I took care of the double team, he just comes out the A got make make the play because the ball's gonna come back to him. Like it was just uh. It's good, good chemistry there, and even in the past, was in the later in the later in the season, like, like we were calling games together and we're running them very well. So, I think we just meshed together well. Yeah. Okay. So, being in the AFC West, man, being in the AFC West, you you know this question's coming, man. You y- y'all play one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. A couple of How, what? What's that like? What's that like playing against? The Mahomes of the world, then you get you get a uh, Russell Wilson, so on and so forth, man. Speak on that a little bit. It could be it could be frustrating at times. Um, with those type of quarterbacks, it's just everybody has to do the job, yeah. especially you know on mm-hmm. the line. Like you know, we got to have contain, we got to have our gaps, and we just got to rush responsibly because I mean, you see KC, they're going to line up and empty damn near ninety percent of the time. So it's like it's all about uh-huh. the pass rush getting there and getting there safely, so he can't run out the pocket and make some secondary route throw that wasn't even on like practice script. So yeah. <laughs> that, that's just the main thing about playing these guys. Well, I mean, you talk about getting there and and getting there safely. Uh, us as fans, it drives us nuts, and I'm and I'm I'm assuming you're right there with me as a defensive tackle. We can't even tackle these quarterbacks anymore without getting a 15 yard penalty. Is that something that y'all talk about in the locker room, or is it like, like Man, just whatever? Yeah. They, they don't care about defense in the NFL. That's, that's what we threw it up to. And that's the damn shame. I play players. linebacker myself, so I, I'm a love some yeah. defense, you know? <laughs> don't you look at yeah. Patrick Mahomes the wrong way. We'll throw that flag at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about protecting it, man. You got to protect the game. and. The quarterbacks are the game. Like if the quarterback ain't playing, then sometimes there's no team on the field. So yeah. you just they, they try to take care of them, but you, you see those plays where dudes are letting up and then miss the sack or miss the tackle on the QB. He keeps running. It's like that's that's what's frustrating. It's like I can't hit him. Like I don't know if he's sliding or not. Sure. It's, 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 right. it's, it's, it's a little frustrating. It's a little frustrating. Like even with uh our game, I think Max like hit him on the sideline. He he really was still in bounds. Like. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you could do about it. Um, I mean, while we're on the quarterback subject, I don't know if you've been watching the Pro Bowl. Your quarterback, Derek Carr, said uh, he don't think he's gonna be in Vegas anymore. Now, I don't want to hit these hard hitting questions, but man, they would hate me in the chat room if I didn't. You know what I'm saying? So, what's, what's up? What's going on with that? I mean, is he out? Is he in? I mean, we got a number one pick. If y'all want to come get another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, that's up to, to Derek, man. He, he's been in this league long enough. He's performed well enough. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows what he's worth, and he knows what he can do. So, you know, whatever decision he makes, right. I think he's going to make the, the best decision for himself and his family. And he's going to go somewhere and make whatever team he signs with better. I, mean, that's, that's, I know that's, that's, all he's, that's all he cares about right now. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a good dude and a good leader. Um, yeah. And and I just uh, – it, it doesn't make sense to me why the – why – your organization, I know you have no say in it, but why they would just want to move on from something like that, um, I, I, I don't know. That wasn't really a question, but, you know. He is one of the most <laughs> underrated quarterbacks in the league. I mean, and, and this is no disrespect to the Raiders' defensive 22. I mean, I, 
truly, I understand. And I'd love to talk to you more about just kind of that understanding with Patrick Graham coming in and moving from a 4-3 to a little bit of a 3-4, kind of asking Max to do a little bit more stand-up, things of that sort. But So I understand that defense was kind of in change. But at least with Derek, when you think about his career, but even before you got to the Raiders, it's largely been him pulling a heavy sled uphill where he's had, you know, different coaches, different offensive coordinators, defense has been in shift, offensive line has had ups and downs, weapons. I mean, he was throwing to James Jones at the end of his career at one point. So, um, you know, like I said, we all get to points where quarterbacks need to move off and go to different places. But uh, I, I mean, anything that you could share about Derek, I'd love to hear about it because I, I imagine that he's well received in the locker room, good leader. Um, probably one of the better players to play with, right? Well, I mean, yeah, we're trying to get some locker room stories, though, Adrian. <laughs> I mean, everything in the locker room stays in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Arian Foster. Yeah. Oh, you're good on that man. I mean, should I go there? Y'all, y'all want to bring it up? I, I... Listen, we all know now. <laughs> Ain't no way in hell. Did, so did you get the script, Andrew? This one, you got the script talking about the, what the, the season's supposed to be, man. <laughs> I've been working in the NFL locker rooms for seven years, man. I ain't never seen a script in the locker in the locker. So I, I need to I need to pull about. that clip right there. I need to remember what time this was. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, Arian was, was always a little bit of a different dude, Bobby Fino himself. So I mean, I know you wouldn't you wouldn't relate to this, Andrew, but. We as Bears fans don't believe in a script because there's no way that Cody Parkey is as skilled enough of a kicker to double doink off that crossbar twice to fit the script. Oh, this isn't a thing. Yeah, that nah. doesn't happen. Nah, I mean, I just, hey, I just had to bring it up. you know they did say that one day he was in practice TikTok. kicking the head. <laughs> every, every day I get on TikTok, so that's all I'm seeing now is, is memes of when so-and-so got the script from whatever season. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Andrew, if I could ask, I mean, uh, not that I'm looking for necessarily locker room stories, but any type of praise that you can heap on that defensive line that you were playing with. I mean, we talk about underrated players, and Max Crosby is a guy that seemingly never comes off the field. And I know he's respected, but even I just don't feel like the man gets nearly enough respect and love throughout the league for I mean, you want to talk about the Mr. All-Motor. I've never seen a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's got all the skill in the world. He's a freak athlete. But you just talk about a guy that just runs hot, never cools off, always chasing quarterbacks. And obviously, it's not just him. You got a savvy vet, proven pro like Chandler Jones, is a freak in his own mind. And then you got Bilal Nichols and other guys in that defense. How is it playing on that front? It's great, man. Um, you know, when you're on the team, you don't really pay attention to like what you know the praise the guys are getting off the field because we know what, what they're going to do. Like we, we don't, we don't necessarily praise Max. We just, we expect it from him, you know, and he expects it from himself. So like, we don't really pay attention to if, is he underrated or overrated? Cause I mean, honestly, is he ever going to leave the Raiders? Does it matter? Like he's <laughs> going to retire there. Right. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's, he sets a high level and everybody expects that from him and he expects it from himself. And that's why it works out so well. Because you know you have somebody on your side that's going to be going every play. And how did you feel kind of joining that Raiders team with Patrick Graham coming in? And I like to – I mean, I again, I'm an outsider, so I don't get to know what's in that playbook and everything else in the daily practices. But yeah. I'm a guy that respects Patrick Graham. I mean, I'm a big Brian Flores fan. 
kind of that New England style guy that shifts and changes defenses, lots of man, zone, games up front, fire zones. Yeah. You've got creepers and simulated pressures. So um, how was it kind of – I know you're on obviously on the front. You're not dealing with all of the coverage in the back end that's setting the front, but how yeah. was it kind of adopting and, and getting into that, that defense under Patrick Graham? I felt pretty confident, man. Um, coming in here and just playing—it's my style of football, you know. It's it's a it's a read, read attack, you know. Just take care of the A's and B's, and that's it. Like I you're mean, playing gap and a half over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For one game, he just told me take care of the A gaps. I was like, okay, line up a zero and take care of the A gaps. And it's it's a uh, it's it's simple. If you it's if you let them, it's simple as it can be. If you just let them make it simple for you. And then everything fits together and it looks complicated to a quarterback's eyes, you know, because as long as you hide the, the blitz is well enough, then, I mean, let it be complicated for the offense. Let it be simple for the people on the defense, basically. Okay. So this is this is my hard-hitting question, all right? This is, this is my one I'm kind of like, eh. But you, you obviously know coming into the year, you guys get Devontae Adams. Uh, they say we we all went through the the phase of him terrorizing us because we've seen it twice a year. Devonta Adams is a hell of a player and got mad respect for him, one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. Uh, you guys were looked at this year, expected to get to a certain point. You know, saying especially when you make that trade for Devonte Adams, it was Devonte Adams was coming to play with Derek Carr. They've been best friends since college. Blase blase. And things didn't quite necessarily turn out the way that y'all wanted to turn out. So, how did the morale of the team stay in the locker room? Uh, you know, say I don't care about nothing else. Who fighting in that shit? Just want to know yeah. how do y'all stay motivated to keep coming out and doing what they what y'all do? It's a, it's it's some some of it's intrinsic. You know, as an individual, you're going out there to play a game, so you're motivated to go out there and play your best. You've been out here practicing it all week, so you want to go out there and you know show what you can do. And as a team, it's it's just we see like the numbers. If you look at the numbers from the season, Devontae Adams had a great year. Josh Jacobs clearly had a great year. Oh, uh, even Derek Carr, he had a he great got. year. So it's it's we were always there. You know, it's just it's just the little things. And when you go back and watch the film, it's like it's the the five or three plays. You know that that could have changed the game, and that's really what it is because. We didn't suck, so it was easy to be motivated to go out there. We had a good team. We had great players. So we're like, okay, we, well, you know, even when, you know, we were almost in the playoffs every week, <laughs> you know, we had the playoffs hope. So it was something to play for every week. And uh, we knew we could do it, and we knew we could just just needed to, you know, eliminate some of the mistakes that we've made ourselves on film. So uh, Max Crosby, I'm assuming, is like the leader of the defense. Is there any unsung heroes of the Las Vegas Raiders defense that really like stepped up and took charge. Like, I mean, here in Chicago, we had Roquan Smith. He left and it seemed like Jack Sanborn stepped right in his, right in his footprint and, and filled the hole that we needed there. And there's a bunch of, you know, Eddie Jackson became a leader. We never had seen that before. Is there anybody like that in Vegas that like you wouldn't expect it from this dude, but this guy is really like, He's that dude, you know. Yeah, um, it's that's that's that's. I wonder thing, if like, you have the same name I'd think you'd say. I mean, you you got your guys. You got you got uh, Deron. He he stepped up, and 
for, I mean, for the defense, it's just it was an unsung hero every week almost. You know, is is the way the way you step up for a defense is you go out there and do what the coaches ask. If we have a say, we're playing a some some great receiver, and you know we got we got a double team. You know we got to get two guys to be on the same page every time we call the defense that requires that double team. And if they do it right every play, they're the unsung heroes of the week. Mm-hmm. And and for everybody else, it's it's following that leader and doing your job. So I almost say damn near every week, everybody's an unsung hero. But uh, yeah. I mean, guys, we had guys come on coming here and like. We got some young guys back there, and for a young guy to you know come in the mm-hmm. NFL and, and play, it's not easy. And I know you know young guys are gonna make their mistakes, but I mean it's I really applaud them for coming out there and doing what they did, because it's just not that easy. Like I remember my rookie year coming here playing, like I didn't understand anything. Like what it I formation that was the worst thing in the world because I did not understand where the ball was going. <laughs> so it's just uh, we had a guy step up. Sometimes it was just different people every week, you know, and we have a consistent leader that that's Max, that's Chan, you know, those guys, yeah. but um, it just, it took that though. It, and it take I think it takes that for a football team. Like yeah, guys got to build a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. You said, you said do your job quite a bit there. And that sounded a lot like uh, Josh McDaniels is pulling from his, uh, his old guy Belichick out there. <laughs> to you guys? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's always what it is in football because you like when people make mistakes and you know i know fans might think oh man he sucks because he just dropped that coverage they usually make mistakes because they're trying to make a play yeah that's why i say just do your job just do your job don't go out there and try to do anything crazy because like everybody talks about max making all these crazy plays and it's like that's because that's his job like yeah that's Max's job to be that athletic and make those type of plays like every end can't go out there and do that but if they do their job, they can be just as productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you played in Cincinnati. You played in Cleveland. Um, you played in Las Vegas for the most part. Of those fan bases, who was the? I don't want to say most ravenous, but like most passionate fan base that you've played for. I don't want to put you on the spot to call out any any <laughs> fan bases or anything, but. I think I I have an idea in my head of what it is, and I don't know if they're still like that, but I'll let you answer the question, then I'll follow up. I mean, Vegas fans were crazy. Uh, Oakland fans, I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, I played for the Browns. I think Browns are – they're just – they're consistent. Like, they're Dog always going to be there. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I know, like, the Bengals fans, lately, since Burrow's been there <laughs> – I know they done stepped it up <laughs> to another Tell level. Tell me about so. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm hearing from Bengals fans that ain't never said nothing my whole life. Now all of a sudden they they got Joe Cool and they they don't can't yeah, tell him nothing. Right. It's, it's really hard to judge. I mean, two of these teams, you know, they're just historical fan bases are crazy, and then you got the Bengals and they're hot, and so their fans are hot with them. So yeah, it's really it's really hard mm-hmm. to say, honestly. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask about the Vegas fans did a lot of those fans from oak because i remember the big shoulder pads with the spikes and dudes fan i think yeah. they called it the black hole in oakland or something like that did they follow yeah, that yeah, team they, to vegas yeah. and they show up every week too oh, yeah. still they're, they're gonna be there every week yeah. yeah they are they are loyal they are very loyal they travel that's awesome man 
A little bit of a different question, Andrew, but if I could, just because I always find it interesting, I don't think we often get to hear this perspective from a pro player. I know you had chosen to opt out during the COVID year, and then I couldn't, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you had kind of like a year off kind of after that before you got back with the Raiders. How was, what was your experience with that and kind of what went into that decision? Did you feel like you were able to get back in football shape and ready to go soon after? Was it some challenges that you didn't expect that kind of happened? And I mean, obviously, we're very happy to see you back and playing and, you know, started 14 oh, games yeah. this year and you're balling and looking to get another another good contract beyond just a year. So we're happy about that. But kind of what's that transition look like from the opt out to where you're at now? Yeah, the transition till now was crazy. I mean, the opt out year, I just did it because you know, I had asthma and I just if I got it, then I don't think I would have made yeah. it through. Uh, but when I got back, it was just. It was hard. It was tough. I mean, I don't think I was in football shape. I wasn't. There was nowhere to work out really for me, and and just going out there and just basically thugging it out. Just, just didn't. You telling me there's not three hundred right. pound dudes that would push you around for a little bit to let you get a workout in? <laughs> You'd be surprised. That's, that defensive line is the hardest thing to. You can't. You just there's no training for it. You just right. you got to go out there and put the pads on because unless I can go get some college players or something like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. So he's just coming back and uh, I don't think I can do it. And, <laughs> nah, you good? Uh, <laughs> coming back and going to the Browns, uh, it's it just that wasn't that was just the worst season of my life. And but I knew I could do it, so I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is just not didn't fit. That wasn't the place for me at that time. So I knew like, hey, once this mm-hmm. is up, I'll go somewhere else and, and do what I do. And so that's I decided to do it and came to the Vegas Raiders and the rest was history. Yeah, you had a good year. Like I said, I mean, you were you were starting most of those games, uh, so that's a, incredible to kind of come back that way. I, I know you know it; it's nothing you wouldn't. But there's so many guys that come back and they kind of do these reserve deals or these futures I mean, deals. And we 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 saw it here in Chicago with Eddie Goldman. He took the COVID year off. He never yeah. even got back. He ended up retiring. Yeah, you know? came uh, back. So, it's, uh, and then one more question, if I could, Andrew, just because I, I always find it interesting, and I promise this isn't to get you to to down any of the teammates that you've played with, but do you have a, a specific guy in mind or a teammate that you've played with that you're easily think like, that's definitely the best talent or the best dude I've ever played with in my life. And whether it's the NFL or even college. Like- yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's an interior defensive lineman. You know, it's the best, the best guy I played next to would be Geno Atkins. Um, and then I got the, the two best defensive ends I've ever seen with my own eyes. That would be Miles Garrett and Max Crosby. And they're and they're, they're different. Uh-huh. They're, they're very different. Different skill sets. Like one dude's fast, lightning fast. Other dude's fast, but like just elusive. And it's just like, you know, you see guys make plays and like, okay, if I did that, it wouldn't look like that. And it, it just wouldn't work. Why does it work <laughs> against this guy? You know, and you, you almost chop it up to like, you're just in the offensive lineman's head. Like, there's no way you're that good. You just, the offensive line is thinking too much, and then, and then you just you watch it every week, and you're like, oh, I'm not, I got to be a believer at this point because it's happening to everybody. So yeah, <laughs> that's just those are the yeah, I mean, it's, in my mind. It's a testament to you. You're obviously playing at the one percent of the one percent, but it's just even it's just unique to hear somebody that's at your level say like, I'm here and I'm at the top, but let me just let you know, there's there's guys that are like way up here, that it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. one in three people in the league do that. <laughs> Yeah. So this is I always always wondered this. All right, man. You you on a defensive line, man. You play a bunch. You play against a bunch of assholes on the offensive line. Who 
is the one person that you've that you've gone against so far in your career that you just went up against. You just like, man, look, no moss, dog. I'm, I look, I'm, I'm uh, out here and I'm doing my thing with you, but look, I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> Uh, honestly, nobody. I mean, wow. I couldn't have okay, that good, mindset. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah just, I go out there and do my thing. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't even care who's in front of me. Because at the end of the day, in my head, you're not okay. stronger than me. So I just, I'm going to do what I got to do. But my no, favorite man. person to play against was, was Yonder, though. Me and Yonder, we, 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 we have fun. We have fun. Hey, I like I like the asshole off line because they make the game fun. I'm not just taking on double teams like it's some little extra curriculars for me after the play, so <laughs> that's what I like. Well, so I gotta ask this: as somebody was talking about Yonda, and again, maybe my years are off, but you got to play against Ryan Jensen, then, right, when he was in Baltimore? Uh, Jensen, yep, Jensen was there too, yeah. Because he's, I imagine, he's one of those guys that talks a lot of shit and is a real asshole on the offensive line. Uh probably so. But I don't, I just never really, I don't remember going against him like that. But I know when we play the the Ravens. It was so there was a Flacco, and that, that was that's different than the Lamar. So it was oh, just sure. yeah. <laughs> a whole different scheme. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. It's different when you got the run and then the scramble on your mind. Like it's it's a it's a different type of game. I imagine you had not your hands full, but that it was a pretty good battle of it of a Sunday going against Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith in that Kansas City offensive line. Um, Creed, oh, Creed's a dog. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, RGM drafted him, so he's trying to fix our line right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, speaking, speaking on this, this mobile quarterback thing. All right. So I don't know if you if you've heard about the guy, his comedian, uh, TikToker, by the name of Missy Go Thirty. Uh, uh, does the video some some uh, you know what I'm saying? Not really an athlete, you know what I'm saying? Fixing down my legs, stuff like that. Really funny dude. Really funny dude. So he does a video on the Las Vegas Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals from this past year. In this play, I remember I'm, 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 I'm laughing, you know what I'm saying? We always share these videos in, the, in our little group chat talking crazy. And there's a play where Kyler Murray's being chased out the pocket by a number 97. And you can see this dude just chasing her. You know, Kyle Murray backing up, he looks at you, man, Kyle goes left. And you, you know what I'm saying? This lineman goes after him that way. Kyle bumps into somebody, and then Kyle Murray just do a Kyle Murray thing. And he takes off. Now, that, that lineman has to be my cousin. Now, I could, I could laugh. I wanted to laugh. But I want my dude look at me and say, Ryan, ain't this shit, ain't this shit, ain't this shit, man? Yeah. <laughs> you see that Millie's on the back? Not that guy, pal. Just on my thing or what? But KB, you sound like a robot that during that whole question. <laughs> you just copy. And hey, we, we we got the disc to Andrew though talking about he was chasing Kyler. Like that ain't fair, man. 
I mean, it, I would love to. I'd love to hear your perspective, Andrew, if I could, because that's just a very unique one. Where, you know, you're talking about some like Madden type play where Kyler's around there for 20 some seconds scrambling around. What What is the? And again, some of that's just like good players make good plays. What do you expect? But what is the coaching point for that? Like, what is the feeling when you're just drained? I imagine you're exhausted trying to chase this dude yeah. for 20 some seconds. And the feeling of like, damn it, he still gets it in to, to win the game or to take you to overtime, and then obviously the game ended. Yeah, I mean, some some talent is uncoachable. I mean, so if it, if the talent's uncoachable, then there's nothing you could coach to, to get rid of it. Uh, there's nothing. There's, I mean, that play was that play. I mean, that was just his opportunity to to show that that type of ability, and he did. And the one thing I say about it is. You know, as a defensive lineman, because I watched the play many times, it's more like a, there has to be more of a plan for those type of plays, like um, almost like the laterals. Like like somebody has to stay on the other side of the field. So when he comes back there, you know, you can cut him off. And I think that's just everybody has to be on the same page and recognize, okay, this is this is what's happening. He's scrambling around. He's waiting for somebody just to, to pop open. So, you know, maybe if I had stayed on one side and Bilal stayed on the other side and Maybe that could have worked, but you know, maybe next time we'll, we'll do that. So, so you mentioned Kyler, and you mentioned Lamar yourself. We have a quarterback we're quite fond of here in Chicago by the name of Justin Fields. Has Justin Fields became one of those guys that you guys talk about in the locker room that you see highlights of, and you're like, "Yo, this dude is something else." Is is Justin becoming one of those guys, or is there anyone else in Chicago that 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 you guys talk about in the locker room that you're like, man, that, that dude could play, man, or or I'm just curious. Yeah, no, Justin Fields definitely one of those dudes. I remember his uh we played him his first year in the league. And just I don't want to talk about that game in Cleveland now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, Andrew, you guys did Justin dirty that day. Like no, was- Matt Nagy did Justin dirty that day. <laughs> that too. I mean, uh, look at it this way. He he's leading the conversation to be, you know, one of the one of the best, you know, top top five, top you know, top seven guys in the league. So I mean, it's uh, he's young, so it's gonna get better and better. So, and he can play. He's mobile. He can throw. He can be accurate. So, I mean, just keep doing what he's doing. I, I see him taking y'all somewhere, man. That, that happened really to sound like a, that happened to sound like a quarterback you may want to be on a team with. <laughs> we gonna keep selling these taps, bro. Just know that. <laughs> like, hey man, I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you, Andrew. When I tell you I'm a fan, and like I was watching you coming out of Baylor. So to think that you know you could end up as a bear. I mean, that's that. That excite me. I'd be happy about. Hey, it. I'm getting a jersey if there's a Billings on the on the on the Chicago <laughs> Bears. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I I have. I have it's always nice to be on a, on a team. There you go. <laughs> oh my god but all right man i i know i told you uh we're gonna keep you for about 30 minutes or so man so uh we got any any final questions anybody want to ask if there's anything in the chat anybody wants to ask man go ahead kick it to us man we'll go ahead and get it to him so you know say he get on with his day you know it's still it's still it a little early out there for before him. we before we finish off here kb was telling us something about pancakes when we met in cleveland i don't I don't know. Do y'all oh, yeah. want to tell that story or? <laughs> I mean, it was it was one of those things, man. <laughs> That's just my favorite food, man. I love pancakes, man. 
know what I'm saying? At that time, he was still the you know what I'm saying, still a wee lad. You know what I'm saying? Probably <laughs> he came up for for the family reunion in town, man, in Indiana. You know, I, I believe you might have you might have been in high school at that point, or a freshman or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah, probably freshman year, yeah. Yeah, but you know, what I'm saying he, he came up, and you know, what I'm saying your man's was hungry, and you know, you, the boys with them up some food, and next thing you know, it all the pancakes was gone. He's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Shit, I thought they was mine." Said, <laughs> <laughs> so "What y'all gonna have to eat?" <laughs> oh my god! But uh, other than that, man, uh, you know, what I'm saying you know, we we love to have you on, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know appreciative that you gave us your time, man. I know you're busy. You know what I'm saying? Try to try to try to keep it minimal when I, I hit you up because I know you got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, you know what I'm saying, the wife and everything. I hope she's doing well. You know what I'm saying? like I said, I've seen she y'all is, on y'all trips. Is. So it, it's good yeah. to hear. Uh, you know what I'm saying, man. Just just looking forward to seeing you again, you know what I'm saying, outside of the football setting, you know what I'm saying? Just, just in, in a family gathering setting and whatnot. So oh, yeah. like I said, happy that you came on. Love you, cuz man. Thank you for coming on and sharing your time with us. And thank you. Love you too, man. I said, y'all boys got anything else y'all want to ask, man? Before we we get them on up out of here. Yeah, I could be, seeing... I could be quick, Andrew. I think I got one more for you because you were at Baylor kind of during the, the high times with Art Bryles, and I mean, again, I could be wrong, but was RG three there at the time? I, I came the year after he left. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I you know it's always a fun question to ask because now you're living in the NIL era where people are you know college players are getting paid, and you don't have to give out any names. But while you were at Baylor, were you getting some of those booster checks to to make hanging out in Baylor a little bit more of an enjoyable time? No, I never saw a booster check, man. <laughs> uh, Andrews, Andrews Wikipedia says that he's from Waco, so uh, he got he got a little hometown discount to Baylor. I was saying Waco was down the street. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> uh, you know, this is something I do want to ask. All right. It's, 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 it's just a quick one. So, have you ever heard of? Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on their names. They're uh, RDC World. Those boys. Uh-uh. Okay, it's a it's a group of dudes who do a lot of skits, like gaming skits and cartoon skits and stuff like that. And they were from Waco, Texas. Uh-huh. So I was just like, I, I wonder if they were. You know, what I'm saying y'all ever bumped into each other? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just know them. Yeah, I, I didn't know the. I, I never knew that. I didn't ever knew the group name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I follow them heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I always wonder because I'm like, man, I had I had seen his uh him say something once and he was like, Yeah, we from Waco, Texas. And when he said it, I was like, huh, I wonder if I wonder if Andrew ever bumped into them. I grew up with a few of them, man. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Thank, thank you for confirming. I always wondered that, man. So, so are you a, <laughs> I'm sorry to keep you, man, but are you a big gamer or do you do I mean I know you don't have a ton of free time, uh but you probably not like Kyler where you ain't watching film, you playing Call of Duty, but I'm just curious <laughs> as a Xbox guy myself. Are you are you in any games or anything? Yeah, I play a little Madden, a little Forza here and there. Oh, okay. I might have to get that gamer tag off KB then. I'm sure he's got you on. Oh no, I need to get uh, him. Uh I was a, gonna say his L distributor trademark. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, do you play with yourself at ninety nine on Madden with an X Factor too? Because I I, I I do that from time to time when I I get you and put you on the team. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just happen to be a Chicago Bear in his game though. 
Nah, I just vlog in and play online, man. <laughs> All right, well, like yo, say, like I said, man, we appreciate you giving us your time, man. I had to poke a little yeah. fun at you, oh, yeah. man. Appreciate you. All right, but like I hey, said, man, if you ever want to come on during a bye week or please. anything, man, the door is always open at the bar. Fly oh, yeah. you know we're like family. I mean, KB hasn't. Um, I don't know if the invitations in the mail or what, but I ain't really been invited to the cookout yet. But I think we're close. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god facts man it's it's there man it's definitely there bro you know what I'm saying it's on, it's on its way when that cookout pops up you're gonna be there AC <laughs> hey you already know bro <laughs> hey but we appreciate your time Andrew for real I mean I know you're busy you just just enjoy your off season dude uh, yes. obviously you're gonna stay in Will shape do. and we wish you nothing but the best health and much prosperity Yes, and a, sir. And a big ass contract with the Chicago Bears. Please and thank you. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much. Really a pleasure to get to meet you and, and talk ball with you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Peace All out, right, guys. All right, now. Man, what a hell of an interview. To, hey, I love you. You're your the cousin, coolest man. cousin in the world, man. You. man. <laughs> you know, I love you too, KB. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. But, but big cousin, he's big cousin, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, like I said, that's 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 my little big cousin, man. Like I said, I I got I got the years on him, but he got everything else, dog. He got everything else. <laughs> like I said, man, he's he he's one of the the greatest people you can get to know, man. You can sit there and talk to, he'll talk to you about anything, and he'll do anything for you, man. So it's it's all love coming out this way. I'll never forget when you told me he was your cousin. I was like taken aback because that's there's no bullshit there. What I'm telling him, like he was a top forty player on my board that year. Like hey, he's got good genetics, man. Hey, he was supposed to be up there in Green Bay. Hey, yeah. go, go look at the receipts. Go look at the records. He was supposed to be a first round pick. I, I remember. I I remember them at mocking him to the Bears uh, in the first round at, at one point, and I remember I screenshotted it and I sent it to him. I said, bro, look at what they said to you. And he just seen his laugh at me about it. He's he was like, hey, if I'm like, in the first round, man, I'd be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he's he's a good dude, man. And he, I mean, we gave him chances to, to dog on somebody from another team or another fan base, and he was just. not going to do it, man. He ain't going to do it. He's a good dude, man. He's just a great dude. I mean, as long as he don't end up. In Green Bay, we're good. You know? Oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Not, not twice. Like I said, I, I, I like mean, to say, I, to say it, but I have to be honest. Like they picked up like a guy like Jerron Reed this year, and that mm. those those kind of one year nose tackle deals, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, but uh, at the same time, I also like to think that Ryan Poles knows talent and value when he sees it. And oh yeah, look, there's a need at the nose. There's a need at the three tech, and uh. you got a guy like. Like Andrew there, that can honestly play both. He's got the versatility to play in or out, and so I think oh, that has yeah. value for the Bears as well. Well, speak, speak, you know, what I'm saying, speaking a little bit of this, uh, you know, what I'm saying these these off season contracts, man. You know, what I'm saying I, I, I figured we'd take a little bit of time. You know, what I'm saying talk, just maybe talk about five people. You know, what I'm saying just five. We ain't, we ain't got to get into a whole big show. And I know good goddamn well. I don't see Don Burn in the goddamn chat. How did you know? <laughs> how, how did you know? <laughs> but yeah, I say we, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about five players we would like to see come in the offseason. 
It was like talking free agency. We talking free, free agents. Uh, we, we'll talk free agents. Uh, if you want to get in the draft, we can get in the draft after that. Uh, but I was, you know, what I'm saying mean, we this, got our draft guy here. He's the oh, guy yeah. Who told me oh, about, yeah. He's the guy who told me about DTR. And I got to tell you, man, I've been seeing people say, let's get Hendon Hooker in the third. And I said, hell no, go get DTR in the fifth or sixth. Oh, and, yeah. And let him learn because I'm I, telling you. The Tennessee, I don't know if it's the Bayless Jones or what, but man, the Tennessee offense has scarred me from pulling. And I know it's helmet scouting and it's lazy, but man, it scarred me from pulling from them because it's a wide open system, especially as a quarterback. You know what's so funny? You know what's funny to hear that though is, and I and we like I said, we can certainly talk about five players from free agency from draft anywhere you guys want to take it, but. Um, as, as you said, AC, and I appreciate the shout out. I've been talking about DTR for months, and I still stand by. That's the guy that makes the most sense for the Bears if you're looking for a late day three ad. Just because, I mean, he's a smaller guy. It's not. It's not like he's under six foot. Um, certainly, you're not gonna. I think this is important to remember. You're not gonna find Justin Fields again. That's not. He's an apex athlete. You don't find six three, two thirty five, running four three, and has a cannon arm, and he's pinpointing deep balls. I will say, though, that I like Hendon Hooker quite a bit, uh, but he's a guy that I wouldn't spend a third, wouldn't even spend a fourth, but if you told me that he was healthy, I would tell you I think he's a late round one, round two guy. So if for some reason medicals dropped him, and of course he's going to be a 25-year-old, I believe. He tore his ACL. Yeah, so he's got got about, you know, nine-ish months to go, I would presume. Um, You know, and of course ACLs are different for everybody, but if you told me that guy was available – in the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. I think, you know, the thing about Hendon is that, again, he's not Justin Fields, but he's got a great deep ball the way that Justin mm. does. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a mature guy, a leader, presumably. He's going to be a couple years older than Justin, but I wouldn't hate that idea of an ad of him. Um, you know, for example, we see DTR starting to rise up the boards as people keep looking at him as kind of like a Snoop Huntley-type player. Yeah. If you tell me that all of a sudden DTR is getting taken higher than Hendon, I'm good with Hendon lower. That's fine. Yeah. Can I see? Yeah, I mean, I just like I said, the Tennessee offense—they spread everybody out. Literally, they're outside. I'm sure you've seen it, Jordan. Their outside receivers are damn near standing out of bounds, mm-hmm. and it spreads it's out your entire offense. defense. So yeah. he really doesn't have to read a ton of defense. You know what I'm saying? Even the great defenses, the Alabamas, the Georgias, once they're spread out, hey, then it's just athletes. You know what I'm yep. saying? And and Tennessee, they even in their down years when they had Derek Dooley as the coach out there, they had some damn athletes. When I think Alvin Kamara played for them, of course they misused him. Cordero Patterson, they did the same thing with him. That's the Tennessee way, I guess. But uh, uh yeah, I just, yeah, just scares me to grab a quarterback there. Oh, that's right, they that, did that, uh, Justin Hunter. <laughs> what was that? They had Justin Hunter. I forgot about him they too. Did and I thought he was going to be a beast. That was yeah, me too. I was, I was like, he's big, he's fast, he does everything, and uh, he just. Uh, oh, he no, I hear what you. I hear what you're saying, AC. They're a spread offense, and largely it is spread them out, and then not even. I mean, you, certainly in that offense, you do have some mirror concepts. Where look, it's real easy, and then you get covered. You get split coverage on one side, then read the other, and you got the same concepts. It's a smash here, a smash there, but at the same time, again, and I'm not denying that AC. There was a ton of talent on that team, but. To be fair, I think the quarterback is always the straw that stirs the drink. And 
there's no denying what he was doing and what he was cooking there. So yeah, I mean, he was up for Eisman. So yeah. you know, he's got leadership, and I, I thought he should have been there over Stetson Bennett, who apparently is a. Yeah. I mean, I tend to door knocker now. I don't. I tend to think you're going to get a team in the middle of day two that goes, "This is a good stash pick." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's and again, I'm just taking shots in the dark here. Whether it's like a San Francisco team where it's like, "Hey." If Trey Lance doesn't work out, we still kind of get that guy that's an athlete and he can sit and learn. You know, whether it's a Vikings team that goes, hey, what about him as kind of a Kirk Cousins replacement? Like he'd sell a lot of jerseys as a Titan. I know that. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah and they're certainly know. not sold on Malik Willis as much as that frustrates me, but mm. uh, you know, you know how it is, man. There, there's no such thing as uh stashing a young player and hoping he actually has time to develop. It's what have you done for me lately? It's yeah. we've had to deal with that as Bears fans for, for years now, for, for years now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we looking at some of these things, man, especially with with this offseason coming up. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's, it's, it's true or not, but, you know, you start to get some of these rumors about, you know, Deron Payne possibly not being uh, tagged. And mm-hmm. going to actually hit the open market. But, you know, what I'm saying that, that those come from insiders and whatnot. So you still have to take it with a grain of salt. So when I was thinking about this list, you think of five people, I was, uh, you know what I'm saying, thinking more for me, I was looking on the old line uh, and D line, you know what I'm saying, places like that. Uh, you know, my, my five were Payne, Draymond Jones, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I had Juwan Taylor and then uh, Ethan Polchis, uh from Cleveland. You know, five five players right there to me, all all line, both offense and defense. You know, saying you want to start to get the ball rolling on trying to get things better for both fields and getting the pieces that you need for the defensive side of the ball. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I could have built it up a little bit. We could have done like a snake draft type yeah. thing with the, oh, with, one, one, with three agents. Hey, you just oh, dropped the whole fucking oh, list like that. I mean, hey, we can we can still do that. And we can talk about why now. My bad, baby. I should I should have let you cook. My bad, yeah, damn. My bad cook, baby. Cook. Hey, why don't we do this? Because I even like that. I was just gonna say we'll just go one down the list. One, it one, two, two. But I mean, if you let's put it this way, if you name the player. That somebody else had on their list, you cannot rename them. So you've got to come up with another. And then that Ooh. way we get 15 unique names for the audience to, to kind right. of chew on and consider. So just just rewind it. Nobody heard anything yeah. I said. Uh, where's the men in black flashy thing? I'll let you two both go name. first. I, I think you go flash me with the flash. the flashy? All right. Not that I'm Mr. Unique, but I tend to think that I just think about free agency a little different. So I don't think yeah. I probably have a lot of the same names. That okay. That's, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That, but you, you know, your boy, just cause I dropped those five people don't mean I didn't have other names on the list that I couldn't <laughs> have said. For, well, we'll start off with this. I go first since I dropped it, man. Why not? Uh, Bobby Okariki. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Outside, outside linebacker for the Colts, man. Uh, just seeing what he was able to do this year. Uh, got to fill in a lot at that uh that weak side spot for the Colts, and my man makes hella tackles. Mm. I think they said he had two years so far of a hundred plus. Huh. Okay. I don't I know how many people. I mean, I mean, you you don't want me to start spilling waxing poetically about Bobby Okariki. Oh, I would love for you to do it because yeah, I. I I know Jordan, you you know so much about the game, you can go in depth on these things, man. Well, that's it's funny you because you sit here and talk about like I said, damn it, because that was one of my guys. Like, oh, yeah. 
I know everybody's <laughs> like the raw pain of this and that. Bobby Okariki, Okereke, however you want to pronounce the last name, is probably one of the top three guys I prefer. Mm. And a lot of this came from my film study. And I, I don't mean to like sit here and, and you know self-promote what I had done over please the summer. Do. Oh, no, please do. I had done a video on analyzing the Eberflus defense and what that meant. And I did it because, you know, what does the three tech look like? What about Kenny Moore? What about, um, you know, the safeties? You had Blackman there. Um, and then the other was safety who retired, who they would move up a lot. And that's how we saw Brisker used. But what continued to shine in that tape is, yes, you had Shaq Leonard making all the interceptions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But Bobby Okereke was a key player in all of those highlights. Okay. A super heady, smart linebacker who has got decent size, good speed. Uh, you know, like another guy I like, for example, and this isn't, I'll just leave him as a bonus, is I really like David Long as a linebacker for the Titans. Yeah. But he's 5'11". I don't see that guy fitting into what Eberflus wants in this defense. But Okereke, on the other hand, is able to spill and fill with good range sideline to sideline um, and then has the size to fit up and fit the run and hit blockers and shuck, shuck them and shed them to make plays on the ball. Um, and, I mean, he's got interceptions on, uh, I think, Derek Carr. Or maybe that was Shaq Leonard. He had, I believe, an interception off Mac Jones when they played last year. And then, of course, he had a phenomenal year this year playing in Gus Bradley's defense in that Bobby Wagner slash K.J. Wright role. Well, I mean, y'all just gave me somebody to look at because, I mean, that name was foreign to me. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I didn't know him, so I'll have to check him out. Coming from the Eberflus system, so he knows – What's expected of him? Uh, maybe he can come in and and, and be a, a, a bit of a leader on the defense. You know, they um, uh, like I said earlier, Eddie Jackson stepped up and became a leader prior to injury. Um, and then after after he went out and Roquan was out the door and Quinn wasn't there anymore, they're going to be looking for guys that they can that they can plug and play and maybe put a C on the chest too, and, and they can be leaders on and off the field. So that that dude sounds good to me. I mean, if y'all going to leave the low-hanging fruit for me, I'm going to take Deron Payne, and I'm going to drop – I'll drop 25 mil on him a year. I don't care. That's <laughs> that's my number one guy. That is my dude. I said it during the season. I was like, if this dude hits free agency, that's my guy. And a lot of people was talking, well, what about so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to take a bunch of names out out of the hat since we got 15 to go through here. Uh, but but Deron Payne is my number one. You plug, you plug him in day one on that D-line, and uh, I'm all for I just hope it doesn't turn out like an Albert Hainsworth type deal <laughs> where you pay him a lot of money and he don't show up, you know. Uh, but I don't think he's that kind of guy. I don't think he's got it in him. And uh, the commanders, you know, that they, they got Chase Young coming back. They got a bunch of guys on that D-line coming back that they invested highly in in the draft. Are they going to want to pay a whole bunch of money toward them? while having all this draft capital and is Ron Rivera still their coach or do they let him go? No, he's, he's there. there. I'm a little he's surprised not, by that. He didn't even know his last year there. I mean, he didn't even know that the playoffs were on the line when he set Heineke at the end. Like how did, I love you, Ron, former bear, but dude, how do you not know your playoff situation? You guys are going to get under my skin. And I mean that in a good way. I just, I love Ron Rivera. And I think that he's been dealt a real shitty hand. Oh yeah, Washington. I mean, I and I'm not saying it's an excuse. You got to go <coughs> line as a head coach, but largely it's almost like he's having to play president, GM, and head coach all at one time. It is a pretty bad organization to be in. Yeah, yeah, big time. So that's my number one. 
KB. Yeah, I mean, I got to I got to say a little bit about Draymond Jones just because I I love the player too and that's obviously the prize gem that everybody wants and I get it. Um I maybe I'm just an ultimate pessimist and I just think that bad always happens to the Bears but I just don't truly see a reason why they would ever let him walk. Um and the reason for that that's is let me give you all the reasons why he should. Like they drafted Fedarian Mathis in the second round last year out of Alabama to play the one tech, which Draymond Jones plays. So I get all of the reasons why you'd say he'd walk, but he just had a career year, which is funny. I mean, you could talk about Darth Jacobs or all these other guys that when it's time to get paid the next year, they show up. He had a career year. And you're about to let that former first rounder walk after a career year free, scot-free? Because here's the thing. If you let him walk, you're going to get a third-round compensatory pick, assuming he gets a mega deal. That's great. Right. Or I could hold him hostage, franchise tag him, and say the best bidder gets Deron Payne, and you sign him to a mega deal. Mm-hmm. And that's – I know that nobody wants to hear this, but, like, that would be one that I would be more okay with, which is if Washington tried to hold him hostage, say we're going to franchise tag him, and then, like, Chicago, you really want him? You can go ahead and trade for him, and then you can hand him the big money. It's no cost to us, just that franchise tag to start. Um, and then we get a pick out of you. And I know that that's not what everybody wants to hear, but again, why would you ever let that guy walk scot-free? Right. If you can get anything more than a third-round pick, you would franchise tag him and trade him. Right. Yeah. That's um, true. I mean, they've got all the all the leverage that they need in that, but as we just said, you know, it's kind of a dumpster juice organization that makes questionable decisions. You're right. You're consistently. right. And don't ever underestimate dysfunction. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go ahead. Um, I will take I will take a guy that uh, I don't know if many people are I'm like. Why the hell would you choose him? Um, give me Yash Nyman. Um, oh, okay, the tackle from the Packers. Yeah, swing tackle from the Packers. He plays all across the line. Yes, so Doesn't he can. It? This is what I think. Like you heard me say it about Andrew Bailey. It's like I want a guy <clears> that, can, that can fit. If you you got Justin Jones, like oh, play some tackle, play some end. I want that same versatility on both fronts. So if you got Yash Nyman who can play left tackle, right tackle, could maybe even bump inside if you needed him to. Um, he's a guy that started when Bakhtiari was out, when Elton Green was out, when they've had to move him around. And I know the last thing that people remember is he had a real rough time and was pulled against the Lions, uh, against Hutchinson. And that well, certainly wasn't a good look, but I think you combine the familiarity with Luke Getze, the Packers offense, understanding that zone scheme, what it looks like, what it is to run it. Um, and you're talking about a guy that's not going to command a ton of money to be a legitimate player on the offensive line. And as much as I think we all want the five-star offensive lineman, everybody's getting $25 million a year deals, that's not feasible. And the way that you've seen Ryan Poles try to build is he could have drafted Abraham Lucas or any of the other tackles high in the draft last year. He could have spent for Toronto Armstead. And the way he's done it is say, let me see if I can build it with value. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him go with a guy like Josh Nyman. Huh. Um, Braxton Jones was on a lot of those all rookie lists. So uh, a, a questionable pick at the pick has become, I'm hearing even national media, the draft dudes, a, a podcast I listened to quite a bit through the draft network. They talked about him and they were like, you know, this dude, was a <coughs> pick. we didn't see much out of him. He came from a small school, but he had like the, um, he had the arms, he had the feet. He just needed, to hit the weight room really and uh they were pleasantly surprised and i like hearing national media and and big guys that they don't have to go out of their way and honestly the draft dudes shit on the bears quite a bit honestly they do uh, 
when they were going through their season pro- projections. Of course, back then I had the Bears the over the six and a half or whatever the win total was. Uh, and they they were going through their projections, and they was like, man, I'm having trouble finding another Bears victory here. They kind of projected it right then, and I was just – I was in my head like, how? How, man? We ain't losing right. all these teams. And then and then sure enough, we did. You but, mean that was uh, before they decided to purposely say, hey, just screw it. We'll try to find our way to the number one pick. Like, I, yeah. I will still stand there and fight that, that the Bears had much more talent and could have won more games than what they did this year. Oh, yeah. There were some very questionable decisions, whether it be game calls, play calls, decision made, roster decisions. Oh, it seemed like, seemed like they – they this, revved it down every time they were in the red zone, man. Hey, man. The script, the script said, okay. The script that was handed to them was, hey, you we know they adjusting that script this at the start of the year. They they said, hey, uh, Claypool, uh, on this fourth down pass it, with the game on the line, you're gonna let the ball hit you in the hands, but you gotta drop it. Hey, <laughs> I, I times I time stamped when I said, Andrew talked I said Claypool about the script, ESP. Too. That's gonna be something cool for sure. <laughs> but uh yeah man uh i mean since since, since we, we we talking about kind of kind of under you know what i'm saying under the radar lineman uh i was thinking of another one uh I, I from my understanding he's gonna be a free agent this year he's not the big fish from kansas city he just so happens to play right tackle for the kansas city chiefs his name's andrew wiley uh right tackle undrafted you know what i'm saying solid protector i'm not he's not a, a world beater by any any means but he's been a solid right tackle for the kansas city chiefs and with polls coming from that organization i would imagine he happens to know a whole lot about this this young man of 28 probably knows what type of draws he wears so i would love to throw his name out there in on this chopping block because uh yeah if I can uh, pay a decent and fair price for somebody, maybe that helps with bringing in some more of these big fish that you can get on the defense side of the ball, or you know, what I'm saying some of these surprising cuts that might come along. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm going with uh, Andrew Wiley on that one. Uh, is my turn again? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, if we don't get Deron Payne, and they do what they have to do in Washington to keep him. Um, what do you guys think about Orlando Brown, the left tackle from the Kansas City Chiefs? Now, I just waxed poetically about Braxton Jones. I'm in the fan club of Braxton Jones, but I feel like he might still be young enough to switch over to the right side where we have a lot of problems. Orlando Brown ain't switching to the right side. He got out of Baltimore because of that very reason. I don't know what it'll cost. I feel like our GM might know – him better than we do, obviously coming from that organization. But uh, that's a guy that I like. Uh, he's, I mean, you know, he, he's pretty good. I don't know if he's top five in the league, good, but he's still young. I think he's twenty six years old. So even if you give him like a five year deal, he's just barely hitting his thirties at the end of it. So I feel like it might be a good swing for us. I know Dan Aguirre's talked about. Um, and again, this goes back to helmet scouting, but he's scared of grabbing anyone from Kansas City because I guess we've been bit by that in the past. Um, but I, I like Orlando Brown, and I think he'd be a good left tackle and honestly would solidify the right side as well if you can put flip Braxton Jones over there. What do you guys think? I got to say I'm I'm a little down on, on Brown. Not that Zeus Jr. is fine. He's a decent player, but – 
that just isn't something that I personally would want to do. He's a good left tackle and obviously he starts for the Chiefs and that prolific offense. But I think it's important to kind of consider the context. A guy like Patrick Mahomes mitigates a lot of the pressure with his creativity, getting the ball out on time, uh, making the spectacular happen. And so it's not that Orlando Brown's a bad left tackle. I just think that he wants to be paid like a premier left tackle. Uh, and he's not a guy that I ever consider to be like even top five. When I think about left tackles, I mean, I'm thinking about Laramie Tunsil. I'm thinking about Bakhtiari when he's healthy, Trent Williams, naturally, uh, Teron Armstead when he's healthy. So obviously you have these caveats of when he's healthy. But to me, like I would go through a lot of players before I would ever think that's the next name I'm giving out is the, you know, a premier left tackle. Uh, well, Cornelius has a good thing here leave braxton jones at left tackle and draft darnell Wright. i do like darnell Wright a lot out of tennessee uh unfortunately cornelius we are talking free agents here <laughs> if, if we want to get into the draft we'll be here all night <laughs> you know me and jordan we'll get into yeah. it but uh uh for right now we're trying to stay focused and stay on try to keep this train on the tracks man because my my family's downstairs right now and they <laughs> Yeah, I'll be quick then on my uh, my second one. The guy that I, I have in mind is uh, what offensive line. I, I, I'm, don't get me wrong, man. I got time. I'm just saying, if we get into the draft, man. Yeah, we'll go you, for hours. We're gonna we're gonna pop up this mock draft simulator. Next thing you know, it's midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, second guy I have. First guy I went with is Josh Nyman, tackle from the the Packers. That's an offensive line help. Next one I'm going is defensive line. Um, I like Greg Gaines, a uh, defensive lineman out of Washington, plays for the L.A. Rams. Um, Aaron Donald's running mate plays kind of the one-tech nose tackle for, for the Rams in that uh, odd front. But he's a guy that is a really good gap stuffer, really holds well at the point of attack. Um, and he's a, a handful in that respect, so he can play your one-tech. Um, but I also just think, and again, you you can't choose wrong on this defensive line. It really needs any help it can get. So yeah. whether he's playing the one or you want to try him at the three, I'm fine with it. But I think naturally he'd slot in as the one tech there at a budget ad, as opposed to you know a Deron Payne who's figures to be a one tech, and that's going to be twenty five million. You could probably get great gains for a third of that. Oh, okay, that's something to look out for. Uh, does it worry you that the uh, the L.A. Rams kind of had a bad year this year? Um, I, I know. Obviously, Cooper Cup got hurt. Matt Stafford got hurt. But, I mean, the defense, even one of my favorite guys, you know, I, I know he's not a great dude off the field, it don't seem, and he likes to talk, but a lot of corners do is Jalen Ramsey. I, I, I still have a lot of love for that corner. Uh, yeah. do, does that worry you at all? It's a great question. I just think that, again, context is so important when we're talking about this because I don't think anything's a zero-sum like – you know, it was the same defensive coordinator, and I actually think that defense did relatively well in trying to hold up its end of the bargain. But you're talking about an offensive line on that Rams team that couldn't stay healthy for a game of the season. Uh, the only thing, only guy I think that stayed around there, um, <laughs> where the hell to get the time to get out? I'm just, I've been, I've been in my, like I guess I've been in my whole work in and just thinking about football, watch football. But uh, Rob Havenstein, the right tackle, was the only guy that stuck around on that line. And then you talk about, Stafford with the elbow issues and you had Cam Akers sitting out and you had just all types of issues. And I mean, I love Jalen Ramsey. I, I'd love to be proven wrong. I hope he shuts me the hell up. I think that you started to see him lose a step this year uh, yeah. um, and not in a way that like he's doomed just that 
I don't know if you can ask that guy to play against the elite apex ride receivers out on the boundary. Um, and that's okay because I've always thought Jalen Ramsey's a guy that can transition and play safety um, as he gets longer in the tooth in his Yeah, career. I mean, he's a great tackler. So, yeah, he could definitely make that transition if if he so chooses. No. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Donald was hurt this year. That's the other thing that I know a lot of people are like, well, what happened to the Rams? And, well, their superstar was hurt. And that's the problem with that team-building philosophy. And, look, it's, it's all fun to, to laugh at them when they got their Super Bowl ring and then they sucked the next year. But the thing to remember is – the way they built that team is we build our team around tentpole stars. That's mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. That's Jalen Ramsey. That's Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner. That's, you know, uh, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. And what happens when those guys are hurt? What happens when Stafford's out? Donald's out with injury. Jalen loses a step. The entire franchise and the team just collapses. And that's what I think happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Uh, um, for sure. Um, a lot of people in the chat talking Rams are screwed. Of course, Don Burr is excited that the Rams suck this year, which, I mean, if if we can get the Colts to come get our pick and then they suck next year and we end up with, a, I don't know, Marvin Harrison Jr. or something to, to go along with our guy, I'd be perfectly happy with that too. <laughs> so I got you. I get your point, Don, for sure. Um, you got, who else you got? Is it my turn or KB? Uh, it, it's, it's mine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get mine going because I – I just realized I kind of got to be somewhere in a, in a little while. So uh, my third, uh, like I said, man, it was one of the dudes I picked earlier. You know, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, obvious reasons, man. Uh, he's, he's not by any means, uh, you know what I'm saying, a Hall of Famer or Max Crosby. You know what I'm saying? He, he's more of a, you know what I'm saying, a second-tier type mm-hmm. of player. But he just, he's just consistent as shit. I, you know I got to tell you, I mean, go ahead and finish your point. Go, you good, uh, but – he he's just consistent, man. You you get anywhere from eight to ten sacks a year from the dude since he's been in the league, and it doesn't matter where he's at. I I wouldn't mind having that here at all. You know what I'm saying? We only had what twenty sacks this fucking year, so the dude's getting half of our sacks if he was playing with us. I so you need help on that line. Yeah, y- Yannick would be a, a good hit man for one or two years. Yeah, and a lot of people are. For some reason, and I know, shout out to draft, doc, draft Dr. Phil. He was a big fan of uh, Marcus Davenport coming out of the draft. And a lot of Bears fans are like, man, let's go get this guy. He's a free agent. But I just haven't seen enough out of him in the league. Yannick and Glockway, we have seen it before. You know, it, it might have been a little while ago, like Jacksonville days. I, I think that's where it came from, correct? Um, but, I mean, uh, been everywhere, Vikings. Colts, Jaguars, Ravens. He's been yeah. trading everywhere. Yeah, but that's, a, that's an interesting name for sure. Um, a, a name I'm going to bring up here is uh, Jamel Dean, cornerback from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's 26 years old. I like Bradbury, who's playing in the Super Bowl um, next weekend with the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's 30. So I don't know if he'll be still able to get it done. Uh, by the time we're good, I, I, I really see us. Um, I mean, we might be all right next year, but we ain't going to be, you know, I don't think this is a one year turnaround by any means. You know, we're at the very beginning of it. Jamel Dean being 26, he's a good corner to put opposite of Jalen Johnson. And you can, they continue to try and put Kyler Gordon in the slot that will allow him to do that. Um, and, and I think it's a good, it's a good fit. I mean, he comes from, uh, 
championship team, you know, with the Buccaneers. So he knows what success looks like. Um, and, and when Tom leaves, or Tom did leave, actually. <laughs> Shout out Tom Brady. The GOAT retired again. Uh, but uh, he actually has more retirements than Aaron Rodgers has Super Bowls now. Uh, but, yeah, I think that'd be a good guy to go after is Jamel Dean. Uh, yeah, I like, like Jamel Dean a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Big, long physical corner. Um, yeah. He's gotten the best of Aaron Rodgers a couple times and other things like that. So, uh, Okay, my my third guy, what I, went, I went Yash Naima first, Greg Gaines second. Third guy I'm following up with is uh, Quincy Williams, linebacker from the Jets. Um, he is Quinnen Williams' brother, came from Jacksonville, had a decent time performing there. Uh, one, was it Murray State? Or he came from one of the smaller schools um, out of the draft. I think he was a third or fourth round. But he's a good 4-3 uh, linebacker. You think about what that Jets defense did this year. Um, of course, they had a great uh, defensive line ahead of him, so maybe some of the productivity is there. But um, he's shown it in two different places now, whether it was Jacksonville or now New York Jets. Um, Really good at fitting the run and physical linebacker um, that'll fit blocks. And I think you, you're going to see some of the benefit of that as we talk about this defense is not that 3-4 where you're asking Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman to eat all those blocks and let the linebackers run free. You're going to have to have guys that are willing to pack a punch behind their pads, which is what we saw with Jack Sanborn and even Nicholas Morrow, who's a little bit slighter of a guy, but he would try mm -hmm. it. Uh, that's what Roquan Smith wasn't necessarily willing to do, and I think Quincy Williams provides that. Do you think um, with his brother being with the Jets, you think they he's going to give them – he could give them some sort of discount to continue playing with his brother or uh, – I certainly do. I mean, that's that's the, the, the fun part about this is like if you had to ask me what is the biggest reason why he's not going to go anywhere is because why would you want to separate from your brother who's a, a game wrecker? And mm -hmm. I don't see a way that Quentin Williams gets out of there. They're going to hand him a massive oh. deal. Quincy's oh, facts. Man, so he probably sticks in New York where life is good. Uh, but at the same time, if there's an opportunity and he's an unrestricted free agent, um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind throwing a – again, when I say a bag, everybody's like, oh, $25 million. I'm, I'm thinking, hey, like I like measured shots, so like $8 right. million, $6 million, maybe I feel like Foles likes that too, man. I mean, he wasn't – he could have thrown money at Ryan Bates last offseason, but he didn't. And honestly, that was one of the biggest issues with the Bills this season was their offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, – that's but if I get off on that tangent, that's <laughs> again we'll be here all night and KB's got to be somewhere. Give us uh, another name. Speaking of that, uh, I I I I I raise you another versatile O line because like I said, at this point it's all about protecting that man Justin Fields. Number one, him, if if you will. Uh, it's it's a player that was with the Patriots last year for whatever reason he fell out of favor with them. Uh, Isaiah Wynn. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Six three. Uh they had him playing a tackle, but uh, you know what I'm saying, with that height and you know what I'm saying, the length of his arms, I would probably like him better and more playing interior. See if he can play maybe a guard spot. Uh the he's uber talented, man. I I wouldn't mind, you know saying, throwing a throwing a nice little respectable check at him to get him in the door to come in and block for for fields, man. Uh and you know what I'm saying? He he has the he has the attitude to do what you need to do there. So, yeah, I, I'm going with Isaiah Wynn on that one. That's my fourth name. Yeah, my, my friend Corey, who I did the 12 ounce curl route podcast with, he uh, he's a big Patriots fan, and he was a huge fan of Wynn. He was terrified at the at the trade deadline that they were gonna that they were gonna make a move and 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 send him somewhere. That was your fifth KB. Fourth. fourth. Okay. So it's my fourth as well. I mean, I, I guess I could take notes or be some sort of producer or something, but, you know, 
<laughs> it is what it is. All right, so I'm I'm just assuming it's going to be my fourth. We talked about O line. We talk about D line. Trying to build a team. Let's get Justin some weapons, man. Let's let's go down to South Beach and get my man Mike Gasicki. Oh, okay. He uh not a very good gritty uh dancer, <laughs> but uh, I do I do believe he'd be a good catch tight end to uh maybe maybe do some two tight end looks. You know, uh, uh help help Luke Getzey get in his bag, as they say. You know, to draw up some new plays and 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 I feel like. I feel like we can find a spot for him on the field somewhere. You know, uh, I really like him. I liked him out of Penn State. I believe it was Penn State he came out of. Uh, Miami's used him to the best of his ability. Uh, I don't know what kind of money he's looking for, if that's why he wants out of Miami and away from that offense, or uh, I'm not sure what the issue is there, but that's the guy I've got my eye on. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, you're I, okay. Uh, Swallowed spit. <laughs> it got me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a dude that I've got my eyes on. I've had my eyes on for quite some time, and I would love to see as a Chicago Bear uh, give Justin something to throw to. I mean, we traded for Chase Claypool because, you know, Poles wasn't a big fan of what this free agency class looks like. Uh, and as I look at wide receivers, I see, like, I don't know, Jacoby Myers and guys like that that, you know, I feel like we kind of already got that with, with, with the Darnell Moody. And I think Chase Claypool, after this offseason, hopefully he hopefully he invests time with Justin Fields and, and, and builds some chemistry to help us. I mean, that, that pick hurts. You know, it's 32 overall with the – speaking of the Dolphins, with the Dolphins not having a pick. But, uh, yeah, I like that idea is to get some weapons in here for Justin. Okay. I'm not against it at all. I think Kaseki's a nice move tight end and uh, Mr. Acrobatic Catcher. If you can pair him with Komet, some 12 personnel, I like it. Uh, go So, Yash Schneiman first, Greg Gaines second, third, Quincy Williams. Fourth, I am going with Nate Davis, guard from the Tennessee Titans. Um, there's a left guard need on this team if Cody Whitehair continues to decline. And I think this one's a little selfish, if I have to admit, because you talk about the Tennessee Titans and they're a gap scheme. And this is his own scheme running, so they may not like the archetype of the fit for Nate Davis. But when you think about Davis coming out of, I believe it was Charlotte, um, I believe it was a third-round pick for the Tennessee Titans. John Robinson's one of my was one of my favorite GMs before he was canned out of Tennessee. Um, just a total ass kicker at the left guard spot. Um, really good at displacing people. And I think you know we talk about the importance of guard in this scheme, and that's why they put Tevin Jenkins inside. If you have two maulers or road graders at the left and right guard. Um, I can't imagine what you're going to be able to do with some of those athletic tackles as well, but doing GT counter and things of that sort where you're using Justin's legs and you're hopefully starting to adapt some more of the unique gap scheme runs, whether it be trap or counter, um, you can get some of those guards just mauling people in pulls. Um, so Nate Davis is the guy I'd like the left guard from the Titans. He's only 26, man. So that's a, a you know, I like okay, that we're naming man. a bunch of young guys, you know. All right, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? For number number five, man, you know, I I, I think I got to do it, you know. Uh, Andrew Billis, because why not? Uh, had him on the show. Uh, you know, I'll, listen, of course it speaks for itself, man. But truth be told, 
he's a, like he's a, he's athletic man. You can put the put the dude in any position you need him on at at, at deep tackle. He can mm-hmm. play the three second like my guy Jordan. So so you know what I'm saying. Lee said you know what I'm saying. With, with all that fervor, just brought that up. I'm so happy you did that because my man was looking at tape that at that point I wasn't really looking at. I'm just like, hey, my my, my cousin is that dude. So <laughs> that was me. That was me being my fanboy and being his cheerleader. But uh. You know what I'm saying? As, as more of a personal side, I would love to see him play with the Bears because then I can have more of a rooting interest invested in the team than I already do. So, yeah, uh, I, I would love to see him there, even if he don't come, man. It is what it is. I know he's gonna do what's best for him. But hey, that's my that's my fifth. That's my that's my hey, knocking it to the knocking it to the, the uh, over the fence there. Just, hey. <laughs> you, you already know, man. If he's a bear, we're gonna go see him for sure. Oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna be at a whole bunch of home games. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one, and my wife told me I better bring it up, but I, I didn't. I didn't feel right asking for tickets while he was on. Oh, so. <laughs> I, I don't worry about your boy. Your boy will be on that if he goes back to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I did. I did tell her I was like, "Hey, we play uh, the Raiders in Chicago next year," and she was like, "When?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, that shit ain't came out yet. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Cause if it's after Halloween, I don't know if I don't know if Mama Kern's gonna come out. Ah, <laughs> uh, bro, if it if it, it hit any kind of wind chill, listen, bro. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> uh so so my final pick here is uh Ben Powers, offensive guard from uh, Baltimore Ravens. He's 26 years old. Uh, he has the versatility to play either side, just like you so adequately put, Jordan, uh, about um, white hair getting up there in age. And I believe we get some cap savings if he's one of those cuts. Uh, or, or I don't know if it's a ton of savings, but we don't lose a lot or something. So uh, I don't know how this organization views white hair, uh, but – I definitely think we need to get younger all across the line. And um, uh, that that seems like a good fit to me. I've also been watching, of course, I've listened to draft dudes about the, and Aldo and the guys, all the dry, all of our draft guys are down in Mobile taking in the senior bowl. So um, we'll be getting definitely, I'll be tuning in next week to see what they have to say. But there was some, there were some standouts that I'll be watching this weekend. We're not obviously, we're not getting in the draft. Maybe, you know, once the draft's coming around, we will do a draft. And, Jordan, you have to be there. It's Absolutely. mandatory. You have to. You can't. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'll wrap us up because I know not only KB, but i got to get out of here too. But um, fifth and final one for me is, uh, it's, again, if I was selfish with Nate Davis, let me get the the rock star never going to happen. But, boy, would it, I'd be having wet dreams if it did. Um Josh Jacobs running back Alabama currently with the Raiders. Um, to me, it's not even just about because he had a good year. He's a guy that actually was – that was the only reason I was sad about the Khalil Mack trade is because I, mm. I saw what he could have been a bear had we not made the move. Um, and so, you know, you talk about rare running backs when they come into the league with less mileage than usual because they were preceded by Derrick Henry and, you know, uh, Mark Ingram and everybody else that came before Josh Jacobs. And so when he got into the league, he had – less miles and less wear on the tires than usual. And don't get me wrong. I know John Gruden's beaten the hell out of him and used him a ton, but um, when it came time to show up and make your money and earn that next paycheck, he was phenomenal this year. Um, And it's so, I know you get a lot of people that talk about Tony Pollard and how good he is, but 
to me, Josh Jacobs is a guy that has every aspect of what Montgomery has, pass blocking, catching out of the backfield, uh, patience, vision. But more importantly, he's got the one thing that David Montgomery doesn't have, which is a sixth gear, the ability yeah. you know, in overtime to run 70-some yards to end the game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and that's really what Josh Jacobs is kind of the full package to me as a running back. Mm-hmm. I like Jacobs a lot. I like Saquon Barkley a little bit better. Um, sure. To me, uh, and, and there's a guy down in Mobile right now, I believe his name is Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Mm-hmm. He's been turning heads all week. Uh, the guy can catch the ball out of the backfield, makes explosive runs. He had a great bowl game against – USC, I believe. I'm not completely positive on that. Yeah, they did play Tulane. Mm-hmm. They did play and, Tulane. Uh, and he definitely showed out, showed up and showed out in that game. So that's a name that I'm looking out for in the draft. I don't know if if he'll go up or down based on his performance this week or what's going to happen with that. But uh, as far as running back, I'm kind of in the camp at this point. I don't really want to pay him. I mean, I know it sucks with the history we have, and I got Walter Payton behind me, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, I mean, we've seen it with Zeke. We've seen it with, you know, Christian McCaffrey for some of his career. I uh, Gurley. Pay these dudes. Gurley, right. You pay these dudes, they get hurt, and then you got a bunch of money sitting on your bench. And they just – it sucks, but that's just the nature of the beast with that position, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I did see – I just saw something in here. I remember Aldo bringing this up. I got a little commercial on my run before before we close out and get out of here. Um, the ballroom is pushing some uh, premium content, and uh, I'll just I'll just run the ad, and, and then we'll, we'll close it out after. As you saw in the commercial, and if you're listening during audio, the website is patreon.com forward slash barroom draft, I believe it said. Uh, so go on there, get your premium content. We got uh, Greg Gabriel with tons of knowledge about the history of the NFL and the pros, and uh, uh, Neil and Danny doing their draft show draft on tap every week and i'm I'm sure if jordan ever would want to contribute i'm sure aldo would not would Mm not be against it to be completely honest but uh we'll wrap this up i'll let y'all hit shout outs i know y'all gotta go uh and and then i'll i'll talk about some other content of the bar room and i'll close it out if y'all gotta do your shout outs and hop you can and i'll i'll finish it up myself either way Uh, i appreciate it go ahead kb um Shout out to everybody that jumped in, man. Uh, this was a random pop-up show that we literally put together at the beginning of the week. Uh, <laughs> shout out to texting my cousin. Cousin was like, hey, man, I'm free Friday. So uh, if y'all can make that work, we can do that. So uh, shout out to my cousin for jumping on, man. He he doesn't know, man. It, it meant the world to us. We appreciate Absolutely. the hell out of it. Uh, 
shout out to like i said shout out to the fans man and shout out to y'all for jumping on it's good to see my boy uh jordan back on man it's been a minute is love yes, having you on as always man you you're just a, a fountain of, of knowledge bro and it's, it's it's so refreshing to hear just that amount of info just coming out like hey i know about this dude that was drafted in the seventh round i can tell you all about him like this shit's so dope to me uh yeah. ac you know it's always a good time brother it's always a good Absolutely. time you know what i'm saying so uh love you boys man Thanks to everybody and fans, and you know what I'm saying. Stay tuned for the barroom, man. We we sticking around even in this off season, baby. So yeah, hell yeah. All right, go ahead, Jordan. Absolutely, and uh, AC, thank you, KB. Thank you so much. A pleasure talking to to your cousin Andrew. Fantastic dude. It seems like we'd love to meet him. Um, fans, you know, renewable Terrain, Don, uh, Mr. Shorty, everybody in the chat. I appreciate you all hanging out. It was a joy to be back on. I apologize for my absence. Not been intentional. It's just been busy with work, but. Um, I appreciate you having me. Let's do this a little more frequently and we can do drafts. We can do free agency, whatever you want to talk about and uh, we'll find a time to do it. But with that, thank you so much and everybody bear down and I'll see you soon. Thank bear you. Down, brother. All right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was great to, you know, shout out to everybody in the chat. First and foremost, you guys came on like, like KB said, it kind of popped up on us. Uh, I think two days ago, he was like, man, I'm free Friday. And and as you guys know, he's a very busy man. He was working around his schedule. It was great to get him in and talk to him about the ins and outs. You know, a couple of little stories from back when y'all was kids and stuff was great to hear and, and talk about fan bases, talk about, you know, just whatever. It was great. He's just a great dude. Uh, and, and, and honestly, I'm humbled by him coming on here with us you know because he didn't have to you know i mean like i said he's very busy uh, even though it's his off season there is no off season <laughs> you know what i'm saying and uh he's he's out there hustling trying to get the check i mean you know and and we definitely applaud him for that uh definitely um if he listens back man definitely shout out to you andrew and your wife of um kentucky girl i gotta throw that back in there again always uh hey we proud man (laughs) Uh, but uh yeah so that was a great interview and i love talking to him um stay tuned here on the draft net or the draft network the ballroom network and uh we've got a bunch of draft talk coming up like i said danny and, and those guys i believe are down in mobile watching the senior bowl watching the practices talking about so they'll probably come on next week and uh, talk about um, all the things that they saw and 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 going forward. Obviously, the premium content that I just dropped an ad for, uh, definitely subscribe to that. I'm probably going to get on there myself because, you know, your boy just eats up draft shit, man. That's just what it is. I think Mr. Shorty said they had a lot of stuff coming out Tuesday, so stay tuned. I mean, the best thing you could do, like comment subscribe to the ballroom network here on youtube and it'll tell you when we go live and uh, you'll never miss a show um and we definitely appreciate everybody stopping by saying what's up and uh and all those things and uh kb i guess we're just gonna leave everybody with a bear down bear down